Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Uh It's uh, not fun doing these shows on these kinds of days. It's just not, it's not fun because it, you know, I, I have to talk about this. I hate talking about this stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The mass shooting, another one in Uvalde, Texas, I believe is how you pronounce it. Or as of as of as of the show, as of this recording of this show, I think nineteen kids were killed and two adults. So twenty one, I think, plus twenty two with the killer who's eighteen. So yeah, I think it's uh, nineteen kids. I think ages maybe seven to ten. I think I think it's second grade to fourth grade. It was an elementary school like Sandy Hook. So yes, this is the worst mass shooting in the school since Sandy Hook. Um, you know, and we're gonna getting all the same. Kinds of responses you're getting the left who use it to target guns and wanting more gun control or Second Amendment to go away, and then you know you have the prayers and from the from the religious people, the thoughts and prayers. Uh, what else do you have? You have um, you know people who just want to use it for political gain, which is really grotesque and disgusting. Um, but it's the same. We talked about this with Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, right? We talked about um, young, troubled kids, basically, right? I mean, most of these shooters are in their twenties and teens. Usually, te- I mean, we're getting we're seeing a lot of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, right? So we get a lot of young, troubled kids, young, mentally disturbed kids. <clears throat> this is the pattern. So if you want this stuff to go away. I think it's common sense and logic to target these young mentally disturbed kids. If you make the young mentally disturbed kids, if you, if, if you do something about that, if you make it, obviously you're not going to make them go away. Let's say you did. If you made them go away, this stuff would go away. But that's the issue here. It's, it's this mental illness is the, is the thread throughout all these shootings. Yes, of course, guns are, of course, the common denominator is mental illness and guns. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Of course. But, of course, a mentally ill pe- person has also been used the machetes to kill people, right? And other weapons to kill people. And, and mentally disturbed people stab people to death all the time. We don't hear about that. We don't hear about multiple stabbing deaths in homes. This kid was a trouble. Evidently, he had a, some kind of a uh, argument and he shot his grandmother. So think about that. How many, how many kids get in arguments with their grandparents? I got in arguments with my grandparents all the time. I said horrible things. I didn't shoot them to death. So this is it's not it's not it's not an odd occurrence to have an argument with your mother or father or brother or sister or grandparents but it is it is an odd occurrence to shoot them to death. So this kid was fucked up in the head. This kid was fucked up in the head. Just like all these kids, young people and kids are fucked up. So we have a lot of these kids killing kids, right? That's what we have here. So we try to look at we don't try to look at simple answers here, <clears throat> okay? Simple answers and, you know, everything, of course, because I'm obsessed with this, goes back to COVID. Simple answers, right? Put a cloth mask on your face, get a shot, it goes away. Obviously, that didn't work out too well, did it? No. So there's, there's no simple answers to these things. So get rid of the Second Amendment, take all the guns. First of all, when you say things that make no sense logically, in other words, they're never going to happen. The Second Amendment's not going away, Okay. And even if it did, you ain't getting these guns off the streets. We, come on, it's 2022. How many guns are on the streets? If you were to stop selling guns right now, right this moment, 
my, I'm gonna, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the authoritarian dictator, and after this shooting, that's it. We're stopping selling guns. I'm not allowing any more guns to be sold in my country. I'm the dictator, and that's what I'm doing now because I'm pissed off. There's still so millions and millions of guns on the streets. It'll take decades and decades before there are no guns on the streets if that ever happens. So saying stupid things like, all the guns off the streets, don't let anyone have guns anymore, take everyone's guns away, end the Second Amendment. Look, and I used to be uh, a hate-the-Second-Amendment kind of guy. It wasn't too long ago. In fact, three years ago probably, not too long ago. But COVID, you see, watching what the government did with COVID – and what authoritarian governments where there is no Second Amendment, people don't have guns like China, what they're able to do, those people there, as you heard them screaming from their apartments out their windows, that kind of stuff brought me around on the idea of what the founding fathers' original th- thoughts were. Of course, they could not envision mental illness though we have now. And yes, they probably didn't, of course, they didn't envision the, uh, the development of guns. Just as we now probably can't envision the, the, the arms of the future for 200, 300 years from now. Who the hell knows if we even exist what, what arms will look like 200, 300. So the family fathers couldn't envision semi-assault weapons and these – they couldn't – 100 rounds in five seconds. Of course they couldn't envision that. You know, they had that stupid thing where you had to plug the, the gun with the <laughs> – took forever. It took 20 minutes to load one, one chamber. So <clears throat> it, it was – they couldn't envision that stuff. So – but the thing they thought was, and this is very consistent, I think, to what we're experiencing now, is that the people without the gun, the gu- they're, they're, without the guns, the people are at the will of the government. So therefore, you have the government who has the weapons, right? The government who has the army and the military, and the people have nothing that they can then be overwhelmed by the government. Okay, tyranny of the government, tyranny of an authoritarian figure who could be a crazy person, and he has all these guns and the military and the weapons at his, at his disposal, his or her disposal, and the people have nothing, okay? So they're at the, then the people are at the will of the government, which they elected, which is supposed to be an extension of the people, work for the people. So this is what the founding fathers were thinking, and it, it makes absolute sense. It makes absolute sense, and we're seeing this in countries without a second rather constitution, right? The government says we have the power— we have the weapons, we have the army, we have the police. You will do as we say because you, you don't have those things and therefore we dominate you. You will be submissive to us and there's nothing you can do about it. You can cry about it, you can scream about it from the rooftops, you can talk about elections, you can do anything you want, but you're not going to be able to do anything about it because we have the power and you have nothing. So that was the idea of the Second Amendment, to equal that power a little bit between the people and the government to prevent the tyranny of the, the, the power figures, the tyranny of the politicians, the tyranny of those we elect over us. Absolute perfect sense. And it made as much sense, it makes as much sense now as it did over 200 years ago. But of course, there were not mass shootings in the 1700s. You didn't have the mental illness we have now. You don't have the combination of mental illness and the kinds of weaponry we have now. So if you really want to pick this apart, as to, if you really want to end this or make it a lot less prevalent, you have to address mental illness. Okay? Stay with me here. Mental illness 
and the ability of those mentally ill people to get these weapons of mass destruction. Okay? You have two elements. The mentally ill, how do you get them? What do you do with them? How do you stop that? from? How, how do you prevent people from going crazy? And if they do, what do you do with them? And also, how do you stop them if they are out there among us, which we know they are more than ever, how do you stop them from getting these weapons of mass destruction? Because once these mentally ill people get these weapons of mass destruction, they're pretty much unstoppable. The family's not going to stop them. The grandmother was shot dead. Okay, people say, well, did the mother and father not know? Maybe, but he would have killed the mother and father if they, if they approached him, obviously. So, it's, it's, uh, the addressing has to be uh, multi-pronged, but I see the top two prongs being mental illness and the availability, and, and their ability, not the availability, really, their ability to get these weapons. And this brings up something that the, le- the left likes to talk about getting rid of the second. Once again, easy things to say that you know will never happen. Get rid of the Second Amendment, get all guns off the street, stop selling guns, take people's guns away. Those things are never going to happen. So to talk about them, you're just jacking off. You are. You're, you're, you're mentally, verbally masturbating because those things are never going to happen. Therefore, you're not, serious per- you're not a serious person. When you say those things, you're not serious about ending this gun violence. You're not. If you were serious, you would sit down and say, what can we actually do? And what we can actually do, not overnight, nothing is overnight, especially with this government. But what we can actually do is open up mental institutions again. But the left doesn't want that. You see, it's not, it's, it's too unwoke. It's too un-PC. To put mentally ill people in a place where they can get better is, is too uncomfortable for them to even fathom putting mentally people in a place where they can get better, therefore, they will not kill people. That's not good. The left can't deal with that. No, no, no mental institutions. Now, once again, when I'm talking about mental institutions, even though I think Reagan wasn't it was a right-winger, shut them down. Not a left-winger, a right-winger shut them down. But and you know, the, the, the left will talk about the ACLU and rights, right? So then they don't – when you start talking about that, then you don't really care about these mass shootings. You don't care because you're – your feelings make, uh, are more important than the lives of people. The way you feel, your comfort is more important than the lives of people, lives of children. So you have to talk about opening up mental institutions again and forcing people to go in, forcing people to go in, because they won't go in on their own. Who's going to go in on their own? And, of course, there's a lot of details to be worked out. When do you get to the point when you can force someone to go in? When do you get to the point? Once again, I'm all for freedom and rights. So uh, it's a slipper. It's, it's a tough area. But there has to be some kind of criteria that we can agree on in Congress and make laws about that decide when someone must forcefully go into an institution. And when we talk about institutions, once again, we have like – I've said this before. We have like, you know, Jack Nicholson – a lobotomy, you know. Uh, we, we think about movies with the shock therapy and these documentaries like Titicut Follies and the thing that Geraldo Rivera did about Bellevue and all that nonsense. And um, Willowbrook, sorry, was, uh, 
was Geraldo Vera. What did they do? Shock treatment and all this crazy shit and nurse ratchet, right? One flow of a cuckoo's nest. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the 21st century now. We're talking about 2022. And we know what was wrong. We know what they did was terribly wrong. And that's not the way to do it. That's medieval science. Democrats might like medieval science when it comes to things like viruses, but medieval science isn't going to cut it. So we're talking about 21st century state-of-the-art mental institutions with actual social workers, people who get real medical help, psychotherapy, drugs, and whatever they need to get better. No lobotomies and no shock treatment and no nurse ratchets. Qualified people, and if they're not qualified and they don't do a good job, they get canned. Okay, we're talking about high qualifications, major qualifications. We need to open these places up. We need to have these places readily available. We need a lot of them because we have a lot of crazy people in this country. We have a lot of crazy people in this country. Once again, I don't know the details in this 30-minute show tonight and for the rest of the week and next week. And forever, I'm not going to be able to work out all the details. I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a politician. I'm not a lawmaker. So I'm not going to work out all these details. I'm just saying I think this is mental health is what has to be addressed. Mental health has to be addressed. And I want you to address that. Once you get these people off the streets, as you might say, or out of society, as most of these people are not actually living on the streets. They're living in their homes with their grandparents and their parents. How to get them into the places that will make them better. You're going to take care of a lot of this, these problems here. Not all of them, because not everyone's going to be able to be identified until it's too late. But some will be. Some will be able to be identified when they do smaller things before they kill 19 children, like torture cats and animals and threaten to kill their parents and are, 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 uh, uh, have an arsenal of guns in their rooms or knives in their rooms or they have jotted down uh, on paper how they want to kill people. And they draw things with like bloody children and bloody people. There are always signs. There are always signs that can be brought to an authority or an authoritative figure or the police or whoever it may be. And then there could be a process into getting these people help. And I think this is where it all has to start. It all has to start. But of course, of course, of course. We need to talk about the left and the Democrats and how they use tragedies for political gain constantly. They won't stop doing it. They've done it with COVID, right? They've done it with COVID. How to let a tragedy, a virus, uh, how to use that to have a new normal, to have a new world order, to have a, a great reset, to use that to gain power, to have power over others, to lock people down. And don't tell me these lockdowns. Now, I know we had mass shootings before COVID. I know we had mass shootings before COVID. I understand that. And I know they stopped. They stopped for like a year, right? A year, year and a half in COVID because everyone was inside, right? So there, was no, there were no people to go kill. There, were no, there, there was no in-person school. There were no sporting events. There were no parties. There were no gatherings. So therefore, there were no mass shootings because... Not because the mass shooters were afraid of COVID, because the mass shooters had no one to kill. 
But that has to end. We have to live our lives. And that did end. And now we're seeing mass shootings come back again. In fact, I believe mass shootings are up like 50% or something under Biden. I don't, and I think that's from 2020 to 2021. And that's not that fair to blame him for that. Because like I said, 2020 was the lockdown year and 2021 was the year people came out of the lockdown. I think that has 90% to do with the 50% rise in shootings and mass shootings. Not, not Biden, the end of the lockdowns. The end of, of COVID, as you might say. But what I do know is that these lockdowns, <laughs> this isolation, these children not being able to go to school and, de- and have friends that they see every day. Um, and when you do go out, seeing your friends with masks, so you can't see their expressions, their faces anymore, forcing children to wear masks for two years. I know all this certainly didn't help kids on the edge. Okay. They, this didn't help kids that were already isolated before that. In fact, it made it probably a hundred times worse, which I think has led to depression and has led to suicide and has led to anger and probably, yes, more mass shootings and more violence that we don't hear about every day. This is the smaller shootings, you know, where only two people are killed, not 20. So the Democrats have fucked everything up and they use COVID for their political gain to gain power over others. To change society the way they always seem to want to change society. And now we're seeing it again with shootings. We see it every shooting. Instead of saying, you know what? I, Come on, I've been talking about mental illness for a long time. Let's talk about mental illness now. Why don't we? They just keep on going with the Second Amendment. And keep on going with guns. And keep on going with the right wing. And keep on going with the NRA. And keep on blaming Texas. This happened in Texas. The last one happened in Buffalo, New York. When you automatically go into, like Michael Moore and those of his ilk, when you automatically go into this robotic mantra of Second Amendment and guns and NRA, you're not a serious person and you're using other people's deaths, other people's tragedies, other families' tragedies just to push your narrative. And I don't – it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It's almost like a lot of people on the left wait for these things to happen, meaning they look forward to them happening eventually so they can go back to this narrative they want to push again. That is grotesque. It's almost as though they're sad. They, if, these things, if, these, if these shootings ended, their narrative would go away and they couldn't, take away, they couldn't talk about taking away guns anymore and that would make them sad. So this is grotesque and, and pathetic, but we see it all the time with these shootings. They don't even wait like 10 seconds. They don't even wait 10 seconds. And I find that to be horrible. Horrible. And once again, you, all you're showing me is you're not a serious person when it comes to really wanting to end this or to limit these things from happening. Okay, you're telling me that you're not serious because you have no real answers. You have no real suggestions. We don't, all of us don't have the answers. But in the last 20 minutes, I've given a lot of suggestions. Uh, In other words, things that we could do that we haven't done yet. Things that we can do maybe for a period of five years or 10 years or whatever and see if it helps. We haven't even tried it yet. We haven't tried it at all. So how do you know it's not going to work? But... 
Another thing the left will do constantly is use race. Oh, these shooters, they're all white. Well, most of them are white. Yeah, but how about most of the black shooters in inner cities that kill children and kill people every day? How about most of the, the black kids in Chicago and New York and on the subways? An urban crime, which is 90% black. I know these shootings are 90% white. They are, the mass shootings. But the regular, everyday shootings, like I said, where just two or three people are killed that you don't hear about all the time, are 90% black in major cities like New York and Chicago and Los Angeles. But the, the, the left doesn't want me to make that about race, do they? But they want to make these mass shootings about race. Angry white kids. Well, yes, there are a lot of angry white kids in these mass shootings. I just said that. They're angry and disturbed. But the black kids that shoot people and kill people on a daily basis in major cities are also angry and disturbed. They're also mentally ill. That's the also a double standard that bothers me is when the left will say, well, these white kids who do these shootings are just angry, disturbed, white nationalist, racist Trumpers. Before Trump, it was just white nationalist or redneck or whatever, a right wing. But they don't talk about mental illness, right? But with the black kids, when they kill someone in the inner cities or on the subway, when they kill a 48-year-old guy who works for Goldman Sachs just going to his job, it's not that they're racist or angry or mean or crazy radical leftists or black nationalists. They are simply oppressed. They're simply oppressed and they should never ever go to jail for life. They're simply oppressed and that has to go into their sentencing, their oppression, that they grew up in low income. See, this is the, this is the double standard that bugs the shit out of me. Once again, I believe in fairness. I believe in not being hypocritical. I believe in consistency. Whether it's a white kid doing a mass shooting in a school or a black guy killing people on the subway, they're both disturbed. They both need help. They both need mental health. They, these people, they need to be put in places where they can get better mentally so they don't do these things before they do these things. That's the whole key. After they do them, they're either dead or they need to go to jail for life. But the idea is to stop it before it happens. And unfortunately, we don't have the ability. It's science fiction like the Tom Cruise movie where you can see crimes before they happen. No, you can't see a crime before it happens, but you can see elements, you can see clues that will lead up to a crime possibly happening in the future. And you can get people help. That doesn't involve jail. That doesn't involve ruining their lives. That doesn't involve, be, it doesn't involve them being incarcerated for 40 years. But we have to get serious about this and we can't just look for these quick political knee-jerk answers. We can't. And also, we just can't pretend that it's a normal thing. Right? We also can't pretend that it's a normal thing. Or we also can't pretend that it's that rare. Because it is rare, but it's not rare enough. And it's much more common in this country than other countries. It's much more common here than in Canada. It's much more common here than in China. It's much more common here than in Russia. It's much more common here than in Finland 
and Sweden. I can go on in the UK and India, and I can go on and on and on, big and small countries alike. Countries that are bigger than us and countries that are smaller than us. So it's a, it's a, it is a uniquely American problem. It is a uniquely American problem. And we can't deny that. We can't deny that. We can't just say America is the best place to live. America is the best place to live and just ignore these things. You want to live somewhere else? You want to live somewhere else? Well, I'd rather live in a country where these things don't happen. And there are a lot of countries I can move to where these things don't happen. And also, after COVID, or even before COVID, but especially after COVID, this, this is my evol- evolution on the Second Amendment, is I don't trust the government at all. Right now, I don't trust the government to do anything, to run health care, to take our guns away from us, to, 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 to run who can have guns and who can't. I don't trust this government at all. Okay? And according to people, and I, I, don't, I, I really wanted to make this whole show about this because this is very important and this is very sad and it's very depressing and it's a horrible, horrible thing. But do you trust this government? And it's not just Biden. It's this government of the United States of America in general. I don't trust them. I don't trust the bureaucrats. I don't trust the bureaucrats. And this, this, when you talk about Biden, I'm just going to mention this. 83% of Americans, this is from today, 83% of Americans, including at least 72% in all categories, are dissatisfied at how things are going in the U.S. under Biden. Men, 83%. Female, the same, exactly, 83%. White, 86%. Non-white, 72%. 18 to 34, 81%. 35 to 54, 85%. 55 plus, 84%. College grad, 78%. Some college, 86%. High school, 60... High school, is that what that is? HS, I don't know if that's high school. Anyway, I think it is 86%. Republican, 96%. Independent, 80%. Democrat, 74%. Conservative, 92%. Moderate, 79%. Liberal, 75%. So across the board, from three quarters to nearly 100% of every category is dissatisfied the way things are going under Biden, which means they're certainly not going to trust Biden with anything else than he already has on his plate, that he already has power of and control of. And I thank Ryan Saavedra, Ryan Saavedra on uh, Twitter for that information. So I don't trust the government anymore. I don't trust the government at all. And I certainly don't trust this government to have all the guns, to have all the weapons, to have the police, to have the military, and we have nothing. If we had nothing. I think it would be very, very scary. And very, very dangerous. You know, that's a utopian society. If you can trust those people, right? If you can trust the leaders and the authority figures to be wonderful, beautiful people who don't care about power, don't care about money, don't care about authority, don't care about privilege. They're just wonderful people who want a utopian society, kumbaya. Then yeah, of course, run everything. Not the way it is. Not the way it ever has been and not the way it ever will be. 
So we need to find a balance here, people. And we can't just completely knee-jerk all the time. Knee-jerk, knee-jerk. Where, no, I'll say, here's the point. Where has the knee-jerk reactions gotten us? Has it ended gun violence in our inner cities? Has it ended mass shootings? Has all this knee-jerk response and yelling and screaming stopped anything? Has it, has it improved anything? That's why I say we need real fundamental things to happen here. And it starts with mental illness, and it starts with reopening mental institutions, having many of them in every city, and making people go in when they're showing the signs that they need help. Once again, this is not something most on the left can swallow. It's not a pill they can swallow. So they'd rather scream about the Second Amendment and virtue signal about guns and say things that will never, ever help and never, ever change, and they know would never, ever change. But the the virtue signaling and using it for political gain and to push a certain narrative is what they care about the most. Not serious, not a serious person, not serious about really ending gun violence, all kinds. Not serious about ending mental illness, all kinds. It's time to get serious. Things will only change when we get together and we get serious and we think outside the box and we think outside our, our uh, political boxes and we think outside our comfort zones. That's when things will start to change. And until then, this will all continue to happen. And no one benefits from that. No one benefits from this continued violence and carnage and death and the fact that nobody is safe anywhere in any city, on public transportation, at a sporting event, at a diner, in a school, at a concert, at a movie theater. What kind of society do you want? Let's get serious. Okay, that's been this Wednesday show. I'm Micah Chopley. This has been Let's Be Heard. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, I'm even going to, I'm going to forego my usual tagline today, but you know what it is. But thanks for listening, and I'll uh, speak to you uh, tomorrow.